yoga. It's a great addition to any PE program, athletic program, or anyone's real just everyday life. But where do you actually begin when it comes to teaching yoga to middle and high school students? We have Coach Lulu Emmons, the platform yoga instructor, on to today's podcast to talk about the six foundational concepts of yoga and the basic poses that help teach an intro to yoga program in your PE, athletics, or really any program when working with those middle and high school students. Lulu's going to talk over best practices in scaling yoga poses appropriately for beginners and then give examples on how to coach and correct students that need help adjusting or modifying techniques on their own. This podcast is actually a repost from a webinar that we hosted with Lulu, and we thought it would be a great way to kick us off into Christmas break. We are going to take a quick break after this podcast episode, and we'll take a few weeks off as we head into the holidays. So we wish everyone a happy holidays, a happy new year, and we hope you enjoy this last podcast of 2020. This is an awesome episode with Coach Lulu. If you haven't heard her talk yet about the yoga program and yoga in general, it's a little bit different than our normal podcast, and we think you'll enjoy it. So check it out. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. Lulu, before we kick this off, I'll let you introduce yourself and a little bit about your background and, and why you're here to talk a little bit about yoga. Thanks, Doug. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Lulu Emmons. Um, I'm a yoga instructor. I teach mostly with core power yoga. Um, I'm also a high school swim coach um, of both girls and boys high school. Um, I also coached uh, club swimming from ages 8 to 18. So I'm well versed around all age groups. Um, I'm currently in school studying psychology, um, and that's that's me. Awesome. So obviously some work. Uh, Lulu and I actually coach together for both of those teams, and that's how we've got to know each other. And Lulu's been working hard on a platform yoga program that we were excited to release uh, this week that came out. We'll spend some time talking about that today and just yoga in general. So before we do... Today's agenda is going to be pretty straightforward. We're going to talk over yoga, talk over the basic physical and mental health benefits, and just put it into perspective as to why we're aiming to incorporate this into physical education. Talk about some of the yoga stigmas that you know can often be intimidating, especially for middle and high school students. Uh, and Lulu's seen that firsthand working with our students and different groups of kids when it comes to teaching yoga for the first time. We'll then break down some core concepts of yoga, kind of give that foundation and get comfortable talking about yoga as teachers and instructors, and then go over some logistics when it comes to actually teaching it. So before anything, Lulu, when we talk about yoga, there's a lot of different benefits to it, but you obviously live in that world and talk about it on a daily basis. What stands out to you as some of those benefits to yoga or what's that elevator pitch that you use when, when trying to convince other people of the, the perks of, of participating in yoga in some form or fashion? Yeah, so um, one of the biggest draws for me to yoga specifically was um, just that kind of mind-body connection and building building a stronger connection through that, um, taking a moment to just calm my mind down a little bit and kind of let go um, and also get a good workout at the same time. So there's a lot of um, kind of uh, mindfulness that goes into yoga, but there's also this other really great side that talks a lot about strength and conditioning, mobility, flexibility, all of that um, great stuff that we all need in our in our bodies um, to stay strong and to prevent injuries and stuff like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that stands out to me, especially, I think a lot of times, and we'll get into what a lot of people think of yoga, but you know, a lot of times, especially as we were going through, or you coach yoga sessions or anything else like that, you're in a full blown sweat, you're working hard. It, it's a, a workout, just like a strength and conditioning session or anything else like that. It, it certainly has its moments to be calm, but you know, it, it's a full blown workout in itself too. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, they use it as their, their core focus when they, when they do pick an exercise routine. So Another kind of great segue into to some of the stigmas around yoga. I found this funny little gif that I think encapsulates what I personally thought of yoga, probably before meeting you, Lulu, and, and having you work through with our students, a lot of the yoga stuff um, in terms of what people pictured. When you talk to people about yoga, do you run into people that kind of have certain ideas about what yoga is, maybe you know, fair or unfair, some of the intimidation that comes with yoga? And, and what does that typically consist of? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Everybody that I talk to that doesn't know a whole ton about yoga um, really have this image of this gif right here where it's these crazy inversions and everyone's sitting around chanting om and, um, you know, chakras are, are tossed around there and lots of Sanskrit words. Um, and then there's all, yeah, doing all these crazy um, inversions, going upside down, handstands, headstands, all these crazy poses where you're all tied up in knots. Um, so that's like a huge stigma of yoga. And there are different types of yoga practices where some of that is true, where you do get to learn and practice those things. If that's something you're interested in, interested in absolutely. Um, the type of yoga that um, I prefer to practice and teach is called vinyasa flow yoga. So that's breath to movement where you get to kind of move a little bit more. You're not hanging out in one pose um, specifically at one time. So there's definitely that stigma of, of all these crazy knots and inversions. Um, but it's totally not like that at all. You don't have to be the most flexible person in the world to practice yoga. Um, one of my favorite things to say is it's yoga practice, not yoga perfect. So we do it to just practice it and learn, continue to learn, constantly learn while you're doing it. Awesome. I like that yoga practice, not yoga perfect. And I think, especially when we approach it with students, that's going to be more important because, you know, what you just described, a lot of adults think, and I think even more so, I'm sure a lot of students picture, you know, candles and incense and and things of that nature and and what we're talking about especially in a physical education setting is going to be more of that breath to movement more of that physical application and we'll talk about how we layer in the the breathing and the mental side of things when appropriate but sometimes when we lead with that stuff kids might kind of turn their nose up and i think that leads out to there to what we talked about a little bit lulu and we and we discussed sort of what is typically out there. And there's a lot of great different things that people have found on YouTube or classes, you know, maybe pre-COVID that, that you could go join or anything else like that. Are those more vinyasa style yoga flows or is it kind of run the gamut of what's available when you look online at different apps or different YouTube channels and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different types. I mean, everybody that has their own YouTube channel um, that, you know, is a yoga instructor, a certified yoga instructor looking to teach yoga. Um, there's all sorts of different kinds. So you can find Kundalini yoga, you can find um, tantric yoga, you can find all sorts of different practices of yoga um, out there on YouTube, on apps. Um, but what I've really enjoyed about this 
program specifically is we really take the time to like break down poses and um, kind of dive a little bit deeper into them. Um, a lot of these other um, channels or apps um, are more flow like so you know, you can watch it a bunch of times and continue to practice it, but um, I've, I sometimes find that there's not enough time to really get settled into a pose. Um, whereas with us, we like, um, we built this specifically to give students a chance to get into a pose, get comfortable, figure out their bodies, especially at this age, it's such a important time to figure out um, kind of how the body works and bringing that awareness into the body um, and moving it the way you want to move it. Sure. Um, so. Yeah. And I think what you just touched on is a great point in that, like, even for someone, you know, like you who could just kind of turn on any yoga program, you've been doing it, practicing it, coaching it for years, you could jump into a lot of those. Um, I, myself, when we first started getting into this project, I said, let me see what's out there. Let me give it a try. And on one of the apps you could kind of pick if you were a beginner, intermediate, whatever it may be. And I very, you know, arrogantly probably picked intermediate because I thought I'm in good shape. I'm pretty flexible. And I was just so overwhelmed by the entire experience. And I think that stood out to me as we started to work through our project, which we'll get into some more detail in a little bit that, you know, if all of a sudden you're barely finding that first pose and they're already on the second, third, fourth one, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So that idea of kind of knowing that an experienced yogi or yoga, you know, person could feel pretty comfortable for it, but for that middle school or high school student that's approaching it for the first time, it might come off as a little intimidating. Awesome. So from there, because of that, you mentioned we're gonna approach yoga and a lot of other things within the basics. So this is just a small plug to how we approach our foundational fitness as we were talking about kind of planning for this presentation and why we did yoga this way. It's the same way we teach any type of fitness. So, you know, with our athletes, our students, our different groups, we always approach kind of let's master the basics of fitness before moving on to anything else. So in general fitness, it's the squat, the hinge, the lunge, the press, the pull, those basic movements over here that people are familiar with in our intro to fitness program and other things like that. So for you, Lulu, I kind of challenged you when we went to create this program of what are the basics to yoga? We know the basics to fitness. We are familiar with these. We try to root them in in PE, but what should we go about doing and understanding those basics also within yoga? And you helped me identify these six. Talk to us through some of these six and why they're kind of most relevant in yoga or how these are kind of like those core concepts, if you will. Yeah. So, um, I actually really enjoyed going through and thinking about which are the most foundational poses in yoga, um, ones that I see a ton from the intro level classes that I've taught or taken to the intermediate and advanced um, classes. You see these poses across the board and they are so foundational and they just build on, on each other so much. So for standing um, poses, there's so many different variations within just the, the ones that we hit. Um, same for twisting. What I loved about these poses um, specifically was that there are also so many modifications. So there's such a, a, a ground, um, ground, of ground point where you can start um, and then just build on it within this you know, foundational pose. Um, which I thought was really great and would would be very beneficial to students who are 
still still figuring out their bodies and still figuring out how to move in certain ways. This is probably such a new way for, for students to be moving. Um, so these are all poses that have so many modifications that have different levels from like really just figuring it, it out to maybe a little bit stronger to maybe a little bit stronger than that. Um, but these all cover the whole gamut of poses that you would see in a typical class, whether you're taking a beginner class, a intermediate class, or an advanced class in an outside yoga um, studio. Awesome. So sort of these buckets, if you will, are something that you'll come across, even as you mentioned those different types and styles of yoga. Is it fair to say that these would really kind of show up in no matter what the, the format or flow might be, that this is kind of those, those foundational building blocks? Absolutely. These poses pop up everywhere. All of them you will find um, no matter what at one point or another in any yoga class that you're taking. Awesome. And as you mentioned, there's kind of like obviously a number of different poses that are going to fit underneath these different categories. And obviously we can't cover them all in an intro to yoga program, especially when we're covering PE. So you mentioned a little bit of some ability within a lot of these poses to modify or start small. Talk us through why kind of in each category, maybe you can use an example or two. These are sort of the beginning steps of those yoga poses, why we went with these and not other poses that might kind of throw students for a loop in that intro program. Yeah, so for um, all of these poses, um, they, as I said before, you can build on them, but the most important part that we like to really hit on in these videos that we created is that um, it's, a, it's more functional. These poses, we like to talk about um, finding your stacks in your body. So for example, um, warrior two. That's a pose that you're going to see in so many yoga classes, literally every yoga class that you take, you will have warrior two in that. Building a good foundation for that is going to help you out with a whole list of other yoga poses. I mean, just in, in our videos, we did warrior two extended side angle, reverse warrior in triangle pose, and all of those poses have the exact same legs. Um, and so working to build on that, finding that proper body alignment to help prevent injury in the student's body. Uh, it was super, super important was, you know, the, the main thing for us to really hit on um, for twisting. Um, we did a lot of uh, modifications for that as well, just in case, you know, it's a new movement for everybody, but it's something that we do in our everyday life. So it's super important to find, and that helps with the mobility just in, you know, if you're reaching back in your car to grab something or, you know, you're in the kitchen and you're going to turn to get something out of the refrigerator, you don't notice it as much, but you're doing a whole ton of twisting in your daily life. So just taking a moment to break it down and find that proper alignment, you know, see where your limit is um, and then balancing the same there's so many modifications for that. Balancing is so hard, but it's, of course, it's such a big part of yoga. Um, but again, we wanted to focus on the alignment and finding the stacks and finding the right place where students can feel successful in those poses. Awesome. And, and you've already used a few kind of buzzwords of yoga and, and words that you've used throughout the program. And we have an example, I think, that we'll probably 
show it in a slide or two, but you, you've talked a little bit about kind of the flow before we get into some of the details of some of those in terms of what our intro to yoga program sort of entails. And I think we intentionally look to make sure that we could really kind of get students comfortable, confident, not overwhelm them with like movement to movement to movement. So why don't you talk us through sort of just what a general lesson looks like with you. We've done this with our students. We've tested it out. We've, we've tried it with different groups of people. Obviously you're experienced in kind of going over in detail what this looks like. So how do you approach it um, in terms of a daily lesson? So we um, decided to really take the time to break down our poses. Right, so I wanted to make sure that we got to do a warm up. We um, start every lesson off with the same exact warm up, and as the lessons progress, we add on to that warm up. But again, it stays consistent throughout the whole program. And then we introduce one, uh, rather two to three new poses in each video. So we take time to really break down, practice getting into the pose, coming out of the pose, getting back into it, um, really just trying to um, find the common faults and address those and allow students a moment to practice and hold a pose and feel what it feels like in their body, try to decide if they wanna make any modifications or adjustments, um, again, just bringing that awareness to their body, that mind-body connection. And then at the very end, because what I teach is vinyasa flow yoga, we do do a little flow at the end where we take the poses that we've just learned and we put it into a small little flow that goes a little bit slower, but it's still a little bit breath to movement. It's like a step up from just the breakdown of the poses. So we break down a whole ton and then when we put it all together, it's just one small step up from those breakdowns. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's too fast. There is still enough time to get into a pose, um, but you still get that feel of, of constant motion. Um, and then if there's time, we get to do a little Shavasana at the end, which is always a special treat. Awesome. So uh, just to elaborate on that, because I think you touched on it in a great way is that we want the students to work up to that flow, obviously, but we know that there's a step before that for a lot of these kids and it's getting them to feel like, all right, let's know where my body feels like when my knee is stacked over my ankle, but my back legs extended, or now I'm asking my arms to go up and overhead. And you talked about modifying and kind of finding those different things. And, and we're going to use that example in a second with warrior two, I think, but before we go there, I think just because you love it so much, and it's a, it's a good example of just learning some of that mind-body connection, talk us through about what Shavasana is, because I didn't know what it was really, and I think it's a fun little part of yoga that you've incorporated into a lot of these lessons, especially almost as you like to pin it in the, in the lessons themselves as a little mini reward, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shavasana is such an important part to yoga. Um, it is, I would say, just as important as the actual movement in yoga um, because it's just a time after you have just really practiced working out, you've let go, your mind um, is in a, in a state where it can accept a little bit of stillness. You know, throughout our day, we are constantly moving and thinking of what's next, what's next, what's next. We come to yoga, we're able to put those thoughts aside focus on our bodies, move in 
in motion with our breath. And then at the very end, just taking a moment to continue that breath, but feel stillness in our bodies and feel a little bit of stillness in the mind. Um, so it's a really important part at the end to just kind of regroup afterwards, allow some of those words that um, are said, like especially in a, in a class where um, you might be talking about just letting go of expectations or just breathing and staying present in each moment, just allowing those words to really sink in. Um, it's just a great way to wrap it up and just feel like really accomplished. Like you've just done a, such a huge workout. You feel good. You want to reward yourself with just a little moment of stillness before you get up and go back into your busy day of, of whatever it is that's going on. Awesome. Excellent. A good, a good overview. And I think now we'll jump into one of the examples. This is warrior two up here on the side are the instructional notes, Lulu, that you've crafted and written. I think you mentioned warrior two is one of those poses that has the same stance as a lot of other poses. What are there some of those other poses that find that same stance besides warrior two? So with warrior two, another pose would be um, extended side angle, which you'll frequently see them pair together. Um, so it's the same exact legs. It's just your torso that is moving forward and your arms are moving up and down. Another pose would be reverse warrior, um, also paired with warrior two very frequently. Um, and that is the same exact stance. You just bring your hands up and back. So it's just your torso and your arms that are moving. Um, another one that's very, very similar. It's the same exact feet. The only difference is your leg is straightened and that would be triangle pose. So your, your feet are exactly the same. You're still finding that um, heel to arch alignment. The only difference is your knee is a little bit straighter, um, but it's, it's the same exact stance. And um, so that's when I talk about finding your stacks in this pose, especially like it's such a foundational pose that you are gonna see throughout um, your yoga classes. Awesome. Let's check out a little tidbit of it. Uh, Lulu, give me a thumbs up once I click play to make sure that you can actually hear the volume on your end. Okay, let's see. It's on the legs, stacking our joints and building an awesome strong foundation. First pose, warrior two. We're gonna start on our right, right side. So bring your right foot to face the top of your mat, your left foot, a little bit back. You choose where you wanna be. Take a moment, check where your feet are at. You wanna see that your heel is in one straight line to your arch. If this feels okay, always an option to widen it a little bit. Let's look at our knees. Knee, as in all of our other poses, stacked directly over your ankle. We wanna protect our joints. This is our stance. Press into the pinky side edge of your foot. You're gonna feel all these muscles in your legs begin to engage. Our torso here. Stack your shoulders over your hips. Square them towards the side of your mat. Then you wanna squeeze your shoulder blades together, opening up through your chest and stretch your arms out to either side. This is warrior two. Always an option here to bring your gaze over your fingertips. Nice job. Go ahead and come out of it. Let's find it one more time on our- Awesome. So that's just a little sneak peek and that's part of what then you'll kind of help them find and, and work through some corrections and modifications that we're going to actually jump into within the next slide. So here we have just a screenshot. 
as we know, especially with middle school, high school students, as they're learning things for the first time, they might not end up feeling this position or they might struggle to find it. So Lulu, first describe some of the faults we might find in Warrior 2, and then we'll kind of touch on some of the cues that you use to help them, you know, correct and modify and adjust as, as they do maybe struggle to find that position. Yeah, so let's start from the bottom up. So a big uh, fault would be the knee coming over the ankle. So when the knee comes over the ankle, that puts a lot of stress on that knee joint and that's when um, we get injuries. So we wanna make sure that we're pulling that knee back, keeping it directly stacked over the ankle that protects the, the knee. So instead of engaging your knee on that, you're engaging your quad muscles, your glute muscles, the, the, the muscles around it um, to hold this strong stance. From there, um, your torsos. A lot of students will maybe bring their bum out, their, their core will be kind of tucked in, shoulders are slumped. Um, Warrior two is such a strong, proud pose, right? So we wanna think about pressing the tailbone down towards the mat to bring the shoulders to stack. As I said in the video, and as I've said a bunch already, find our stacks. We want to find our stacks, find that functional position where we can prevent the injury, right? So bringing the shoulders directly over the hips and then rather than compressing the shoulders in, you know, students are on the computer all day long, especially right now, hunched over, creating this really uncomfortable position. So I say to squeeze the shoulder blades together, kind of like you're pinching a pencil, squeeze them back, open up the chest, and then that's gonna create length in the arms as they, as they tee them out. Um, so those are the common um, faults there. And then sometimes the, the hips, I, I um, skipped over that in this one, but the, the hips squaring them to the front is also super important. And that just keeps your body in line. And that's the most important part um, in these functional poses, these foundational poses um, that we've decided to put into these videos is just finding that proper alignment, the functional functionality of each pose um, to create a safe practice. Awesome. And the, we use the warrior too, because I think it's a familiar position throughout all of the different poses. You do a great job of kind of tapping into those common faults. A lot of times, as you mentioned, that slouching is such a common thing for all of us because of the amount of time we sit at the computer. And throughout a lot of the poses, you talk a lot about engaging your core kind of drawing yourself through that strong like midline position, which I think is great and something that kids really need that extra cueing and focus on. And you do an awesome job of doing that throughout the videos. So as we go to wrap up, I think the example I like to use here was the tree pose. When you told me that tree pose was gonna be in platform intro to yoga, I was a little bit worried because I knew just how hard this picture all the way on the right is. And I, I've tried it a million times and I still can't quite get it. So. You've already mentioned it a few times, but talk to us just about the opportunity within yoga to modify and find what's most comfortable for you and, and maybe use this tree pose variation as an example of that. Absolutely. Um, this is one of my favorite um, examples for this because there are so many different modifications and there is literally a place for anybody to start. You don't have to be good at balancing to practice tree pose. Um, the very first image is with your toes right on the ground. So your toes are just, you're, you're kickstanding your toes on the ground. You're just pressing your heel lightly into the inside of your ankle. And that's just as much tree pose. Tree pose is just that your knee is bent and it's opening up your hips. That's the most important part. Then 
as you feel comfortable with that and as the, the muscles in your legs start to grow stronger, um, challenge yourself. Maybe put your, your heel on, uh, rather your foot on the inside of your calf and feel how that changes the balance a little bit. Each one takes a lot of time to, um, to, to perfect really. When I first started doing yoga, um, it took me months, quite honestly, to get to that last image there. Um, and it's still very tricky. It is, a, it's a hard pose, but what I love about it is that, that there's literally such a great accessible starting point to this pose and there's so much room to grow from it. Awesome. And I think this is a great example and, and ba balancing is probably the one that can be a little bit tough and intimidating. Um, uh, you know, a little bit awkward or have struggle with it. And, and even you, Lulu, at times will tumble over or fall and say, that's okay. Let's regroup. Let's reset. It, it, it's bound to happen, but it's making it accessible for those students, as you mentioned, especially at that middle and high school uh, in terms of being comfortable with it and not necessarily thinking like, well, I can't do this position, the one on the far right. So I'm not going to do it at all. So rather kind of starting here, letting everyone know they can start successfully. And when they're ready, they can move on, not beginning right here and then having to take steps backward, which I think is a great way in which it's approached. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, and with that, we'll go to wrap up and then open it up to questions. But I think, you know, the, the way that we planned on concluding this and an important thing to understand within in yoga and within physical education, we, we've approached it with a lot of our programs and fitness and weightlifting and all of those different things is, you know, we want to make sure that we acknowledge all of the different types of learners we have within a classroom. And we want to make sure that we help them grow. Um, so Lulu, I, I always ask you this, I always kind of put you on the spot here to kind of give me the, the pitch in terms of why yoga is for everyone. You mentioned at the beginning, but for a teacher thinking, I don't know if this group of kids would be ready for yoga or that group of kids be ready for yoga. Why is doing this kind of the, the best or, or, you know, giving yoga a shot worth it in PE? Is there something for everyone? And, and obviously, you know, there's a million ways you can answer that question, but what do you tell people when they're not quite sure if, if they should give yoga a shot with either themselves or with their students that they're about to be coaching or teaching in a class? Good question. Um, so what I love to say about yoga is that, especially with this program, is we are starting at a baseline where anybody, any body, any mind, any person can find success through these functional foundational poses that we are breaking down in this program. Um, there is a point for honestly everybody to find success. Um, it's not going to be the most, uh, you know, mindful, not mindful, sorry, that's not the right word, but it's it, meditative do, yoga, maybe. Yes, it's not going to be like chanting and all that stuff, you know, we're going to be letting go of things and, and finding our breath and taking time for students to uh, let go of their day, find a moment to just breathe. It's such a stressful time right now. And there are so many changes that are going on in our world that students will be able to have 30 minutes where they can just focus on their body, move it for a little bit, let go of the thoughts that, you know, feel scary during the day and just focus on this mind-body connection. It's honestly, it, it helps to improve a lot um, psychologically 
Um, and then there's also just such great physical benefits from it. And once, you know, we continue to practice through, through yoga, through these foundational functional poses, there's so much more to learn, to continue to learn, to continue to practice, to continue to grow from. Um, so that is why I would strongly suggest that students um, come and practice this because it's not going to be just the chanting and, and doing crazy inversions or whatever. We're going to break down poses. We're going to find mobility. We're going to find strength. We're going to find alignment in our bodies. So awesome. it's just super important for them in that sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, some people won't even make that mind-body connection and that's okay. We're still building that strength, that flexibility, that mobility. And even at the base level, sometimes in any type of, you know, um, uh, fitness or exercise, you often hear people say, you know, kind of let go of the other stresses, the anxieties, the things that you have to worry about and use this time to just focus in on the task at hand. And even that in a small sense is something that we often find, um, you know, within yoga, fitness, strength and conditioning, or the sports that we play or anything along those lines. I think yoga is a good one that sometimes you do just kind of have to slow down a little bit and, and focus in on, all right, is my knee stacked over my ankle? Are my shoulders in line with my, my hips or whatever else it may be? So all great stuff. And we appreciate Lulu for joining us. We're going to open it up to questions, but before we do, I, I know that some people might have to take off or jet. Uh, I'm going to drop in the chat section right now, a certificate of attendance for those that need it. Um, Thank you for coming and we appreciate that. I will put that in there if you need to use it. Other than that, I will be sending a recorded version of the webinar and presentation slides uh, and all of my contact information. So you guys can reach out to me. I'm happy to route questions to Coach Lulu. Um, if they're yoga specific, obviously I can get you over to Lulu and she can answer those directly as well, but give us a call. Other than that, we do also offer free trials. So if folks are you know, looking at platform and aren't using it currently, as I know a lot of people on this webinar are using it, we also offer a lot of new trials that we welcome you to give a shot um, so that you can give plat platform yoga as well as other programs a try. So that's a link as well. So um, I noticed one question come across Lulu and, and one of the teams that you and I work with is all girls and the other is all boys. Um, and we've tried stuff with boys in terms of, you know, coaching, teaching, have you had to approach teaching yoga to boys or males differently? Or is it, if you kind of take that rudimentary approach, it's the same. How do you kind of sell it to them? Do you use the strength buzzwords? Do you use the performance buzzwords? Cause obviously sometimes it can be tough for different groups of kids to buy in. So, you know, given our rambunctious group of boys, we coach, there's a lot of selling we have to do for a lot of different things, but how did you use it for them or, or anybody else? Yeah. So for boys that I have um, coached for swimming specifically, I love to pitch yoga and the fact that this is going to help them reduce their times in the pool. So a lot of the yoga that I teach to the boy swimmers or to the girl swimmers, it's all very specific to swimming. Um, so I pitch it as we're looking to find that awareness in our bodies because you need to find that before you get into the pool, right? So yoga is such a great time and, and activity to get that body awareness, to train, to practice saying, okay, I want to extend my arm out and practice extending it out. I want to feel um, my shoulder blades squeezing together, working on that on land and then translating that into the pool. Sure. Um, so that is specifically how I pitch it to 
um, my kids. And then also a lot of kids, especially at the high school age, um, especially our girls love to do the visualizations, the meditations that come with it. So I'll have them do a little mini flow. We'll say, okay, we can do a little mini flow. And then at the end, we'll do a little visualization uh, during Shavasana and pitch it that way that they can get that, that quiet time to think about their race. So I really like to tie it into what they're whatever's in. relevant to them. Sure. You know? Awesome. Awesome. And that's a great way of looking at it, especially with high school students is what, you know, we know more than ever, they're looking for that. Why, like, why is this important? Why, what, what what's it going to benefit me? And I think, as you mentioned, you know, we can find a lot of different examples of um, whether it's visualization or for specific sport that they might be interested in, you know, yoga is not sport specific, but you can make it specific to their sport when they, um, you know, uh, you know, go to, to participate, whatever that may be. A uh, few more questions that I'll just read out so people, if they also have them, I can answer. Uh, how would you suggest implementing this program in block scheduling high school models? So 90 minute classes, would you use a bunch of different yoga programs at once or maybe combine with other programs? I think that's a great question, obviously at the discretion of the school. Um, but I would say these are always 30 minute lessons within yoga. And so we know that a lot of people might pair them up, you know, do an intro to fitness block, which will introduce some of those squats, lunges, those different things that I mentioned earlier, and then pair it with yoga. I think you could certainly do, you know, one of each and, and be able to go um, from there. I think that's a, a great combo and a great idea. A lot of different ways, maybe pair it with a nutrition program or things along that line. And I think it's probably fair to say, Lulu, that if you really wanted to, you could probably do two yoga sessions in one day, especially in this intro block where it's not too physically taxing quite yet. You know, in an hour, I think would be okay. Is that is that fair to say as well, Lulu? And we Absolutely. kind of mix it up enough. Absolutely. An hour um, is definitely not out of the question, especially because we do take the time to break down um, poses and the little flows at the end are, are um, not too strenuous. So I would say it's very doable to do two for one hour. Awesome. Another great question. Um, how long should a yoga pose be held? Sometimes I sit there and pose with 30 seconds, other times a different amount of time frame. Is there like a right or wrong answer in terms of finding different poses or it just depends on the goal that you're, you're going for within that stretch or that pose? It depends on what type of yoga you're practicing. So yin, yin yoga, that is a type of yoga that you will hold poses for upwards of five, six, seven minutes. Vinyasa flow yoga, which is what I specifically teach and practice myself. That is where we hold a pose at the beginning, maybe for a minute max. Really, it's probably more like 30 to 45 seconds. And then it's just a breath to movement. So it's just constantly moving your body as you breathe and getting that flow. Yeah. I think, I think within our program too, we probably tried to get them there long enough that they can check in and, and see what it feels like, but also understanding that some of the poses, especially bouncing poses or things like that might be hard to actually hold for that longer period of time, 30, yeah. 40, 50 seconds. Uh, so kind of juggling those, those two things. All right. Uh, another question. Good, good question there. And if we can answer that better, please reach out to us after the fact um, is platform planning on creating a yoga 200 level course. Uh, yes. 
but obviously we want to get some feedback about how this goes with yoga 100 and how we can best apply it. But I think Lulu, you can safe to say there are many more poses we can not only introduce, but also, you know, work to kind of continue those flows and build up the strength and capacity and all those things. Is that fair to say we're just scratching the surface with, with yoga 101? Absolutely. There are thousands upon thousands of other poses and variations, and I'm so excited uh, to continue on with that. Absolutely. So something to look forward to in 2021. That is something we'll be working on and continuing to put out more yoga lessons, more yoga workouts. That's certainly something we can do. Hopefully you enjoy this, this first batch of uh, yoga program to start out. Any other questions? I I might've missed some in the chat. So if I did feel free to just pop it in there again, so I can answer it um, and be good to go. Uh, so a question about where you can find the yoga sessions, be it on YouTube or other places. So we offer up, um, we offer up a few kind of samples online and on our blog that if you wanted to check them out, if you're not currently using platform, you could certainly give them a try uh, to get access to the full program and all of the videos. You would uh, have to have a platform account with your school. As I mentioned, there are trials. So if you wanted to give it a shot over the next couple of weeks and get access to some more of them, you could certainly do that um, and be able to be able to use those as well. So yeah, the full sessions are there. Schools can basically use the program in the segmented video clips. We found that a good way, especially when kids are at home, that they'll be able to um, basically kind of chunk along and click done as they go. It's no more than six or seven videos each lesson. If you were playing it in a class or you were going to like put it up on a screen or doing synchronous learning, you could certainly use the full session. Those are available within your platform account as well. So you can either go to your programs page for the intro to yoga program, or you can go to the exercise vault and find the full videos. And again, if you're having trouble finding that, reach out to us, but it should be pretty straightforward with where you're going to be going. Um, Lula, there's a question. We didn't spend too much time on it, but I think it's worth talking about. Obviously, you've been teaching and coaching yoga. You have some certifications and background in yoga. There's a question sort of about actually getting comfortable teaching it as teachers. Obviously, PE teachers are, um, you know, being able to, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, juggle fitness, health, wellness. Yoga oftentimes is a unit within physical education and, and you know, PE teachers might not necessarily be certified in yoga or teach it full-time like you do. You, you've used a few buzzwords, finding your stacks, anything else. Do you have any other suggestions just to kind of, you know, get comfortable with teaching it and helping kids find the right poses and correcting them as you kind of navigate a classroom? Like, are there things you look for? Are there basic places that you felt like were good kind of ways to learn how to teach yoga, not just do it? Yeah, so I think with teaching any kind of physical uh, body movement, as a teacher, we're always looking for that proper alignment. We're in the body, right? So we're always looking to find a tall spine or an engaged core. Um, as I've said a million times and will continue to say, finding your stacks, whether that's shoulders over hips, knee over ankle, whatever it may be, um, that those are things, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're going to want to look for and, and just continue to remind, um, your students to keep that core engaged. I mean, I say it a million times, but it does not hurt these students at all to just a friendly reminder, keep that core engaged, find your, your, um, bring your hips to stack over your shoulders, um, 
really like finding that long spine, imagine that there's a string at the top of your head and you're pulling up to find that tall spine. Um, but with this yoga, these yoga poses, you'll see a lot of basic foundational um, physical movements like squats, hinges, um, lunges. So there's a lot, there will be some familiar things that, that you can look for and that you'll be able to see and, and feel like, okay, yes, I do know what that's supposed to look like. Awesome. Awesome. Another good question coming across is how involved is like the classroom teacher as they're following along with platform during online teaching. And I think every school approaches it differently, also approaches it, um, you know, based off of what class they're teaching within platform, be it fitness or yoga or anything else like that. I think from experience, what a lot of teachers will do is, is they put up the videos and they have their students on video. If they're lucky enough to have that, they can almost chat or message individual students online and say, Hey, Lulu said, make sure that you have your knee over your ankle and you're kind of wobbly or bring your legs to get back in a little bit or whatever it may be. But I think Lulu, the goal of this program, and I think you can touch on a little bit more is obviously as they follow along with you, a teacher, be it remotely or in person is then able to navigate that classroom, be it online or in person to help students more individually. You know, when you're teaching a yoga class to a big group of kids, sometimes you're up at the front teaching and you can see something in the back that you can't necessarily address and you wish you could go run there. And that's why the video might be helpful that they can then maybe go and say, Hmm, let me kind of cue you to, to fix your spine or whatever else may be. Is that kind of what a teacher could, could try to do in, in terms of juggling with the video up on the screen, then their role of kind of facilitating within the class? Absolutely. I um, encourage that so much because we want to create a safe environment for our students to be practicing in. So if you see a student, I can't see the students. So I, I do the best that I can with my words to cue everybody into position with my words and visually with my body. Um, but I can't see what the students are doing. So if somebody might not, you know, maybe their knee is jutting out a little bit or they're slouching over, just a gentle reminder to have them bring their knee back or open up their chest by squeezing their shoulder blades together. Um, just adding on that extra layer of a little bit of direction, uh, I think would, would really, really help um, your students find success through this program. Yeah, absolutely. And I can, I can definitely speak to that firsthand when you and I were working together before this platform project and you were coaching our kids and different things, or I was coaching, you know, I, I wasn't comfortable leading a, a yoga class, but I could at least know that right, Lulu just said this. And obviously the freshman isn't quite sure that their knee is wobbly or their ankles up off the ground. And I can at least go over and help with that as Lulu's at the front of the class um, and, and instruct on those little different types of things, given the fact I wasn't too comfortable running a full yoga class because I didn't have that experience like Lulu did. So there's certainly that that ability to juggle. It's almost like having that extra teacher in the classroom. You know, what would you do with an extra teacher instructor rather than, you know, the, the replacement thereof? It's that balance, that juggling and, and working together. You know, Lulu right. is now a, a teacher in your classroom, a co-teacher, if you will, as you, as you work through that. So awesome. Well, I, I think that should be it. I don't know if I've missed any other questions. I will, by... just add on. Sure. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, just really quickly, what the, my cues to help you that you're not going to hear any kind of words or vocabulary that you don't know already know. So all of my cues um, hopefully are super, super easy to follow for you as as the teacher of the class, but also for the kids 
should be as accessible as possible for them as well. Um, so I'm never going to say anything crazy. Um, I, I like to use visual cues, you know, pretend like you're uh, pinching a, a pencil behind your back with your shoulder blades to get that activation. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and as we showed within the warrior two pose, there's a lot of written notes as well. And, and within each pose, we try to kind of recognize a few of the common faults in, in years of knowing, just like we know, you know, a kid might round their back out when they're going to squat or they're going to, you know, cave their knees in as they perform a squat. You know, Lulu has experience and knows those common faults within yoga as a lot of you teachers out there who have taught yoga classes or units are well aware of some of the common faults that students, especially beginner students are going to struggle with because this really is an introduction for a lot of folks. And the goal is that they get comfortable with it. And it's not something that, you know, is too intimidating or they, they can't um, have access to. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up a friendly reminder that, uh, you know, if you need anything from us please feel free to reach out. You can expect an email from me in the next couple of, uh, probably half hour, hour, once the YouTube video is uploaded and I get the slides all put together for public consumption. But we appreciate everyone. We uh, wish you all the best of luck as you kind of go forth in this next little phase of remote or hybrid or in-person learning. We know that there's a lot on your plate and we hope that we can help you in any way possible. Coach Lulu, thank you very much for joining us on, on the webinar. You did an excellent job and we we're happy to have you on the team. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of your day and we appreciate your time.